0: You are listening to the Wolf Street Report. I'm Wolf Richter at WolfStreet.com, where we tell the stories behind business, finance, and money. It's uh, Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. Crypto lender and broker Voyager Digital, which also took deposits and offered yield products with huge interest rates of up to 12%, said in a series of tweets uh, today, Sunday, that it is, quote, actively pursuing a series of strategic alternatives and that it is, quote, focused on protecting assets and maximizing value for all customers as quickly as possible. That's horrifying language for people who have their cryptos on deposit at Voyager and now cannot get their cryptos or anything else out. What's different this time about the collapse of cryptos compared to last time in 2018 are two huge factors that were barely in the infancy back then. Massive leverage and interconnectedness. All these crypto firms lent to each other and borrowed from each other in cryptos to speculate in cryptos with borrowed cryptos. And they lent out borrowed cryptos and they posted cryptos as collateral with each other for more leverage, and, and, which is now triggering margin calls and forced selling and wipeouts cascading through the space. This interconnectedness created huge systemic risks within the crypto space that are now coming home to roost. On Friday, Voyager Digital had suspended trading and withdrawals. In other words, depositors cannot get their cryptos and collateral out. They cannot get any fiat out either. These people are unsecured creditors if Voyager files for bankruptcy. And Voyager has already hired restructuring and bankruptcy lawyers and consultants. Voyager got taken down by the crypto hedge fund Three Arrows Capital, which blew up amid huge leverage when cryptos plunged. Three Arrows Capital, which was said to have managed about $10 billion in uh, cryptos as of March, was ordered into liquidation by a court in the British Virgin Islands where it's headquartered. On Friday, it filed for Chapter 15 bankruptcy in the United States. Voyager Headland. 15,250 Bitcoin and uh, uh, 350 million USD coins, a stable coin, to the hedge fund. And combined that loan amounts to about $650 million at current prices. And uh, three arrows had defaulted on that loan. Three Arrows ran into trouble when cryptos dropped below a certain level and when Luna, in which it was heavily invested, collapsed by, uh, by uh, nearly 100%, at which point it received margin calls that demanded more collateral. And when that wasn't forthcoming, its leveraged positions were liquidated by uh, crypto exchanges, including BitMEX and Deribit. Voyager said in a series of tweets today, uh, Sunday, that it it has uh, $1.3 billion worth of cryptos left on its platform, presumably put there by depositors who are now locked out, and that it has $650 billion in claims against uh, Three Arrows Capital, which uh, Three Arrows has defaulted on. Voyager trades on the Toronto Stock Exchange. On Friday, July 1st, when it announced that it had locked out its depositors, the Toronto Stock Exchange was closed in observance of Canada Day. In the United States, where uh, Voyager trades over the counter, its shares plunged uh, 31% on Friday to uh, 30 cents. Voyager was founded in uh, 2018 and had started trading in Canada in, in uh, uh, September 2021 at around 16 Canadian dollars a share. And, and amid immense crypto hype and, and hoopla uh, rose to over $21 uh, a share uh, by a peak uh, cryptomania in November 2021. The stock has now collapsed by nearly 100% in uh, 10 months. So that wipeout was fast. Companies like Voyager are in the space called decentralized finance. DeFi is doing what the hated and despised fiat banks are doing, except they're doing it in cryptos instead of fiat. And there is no deposit insurance and there is no regulation and everything goes and there is no central bank for them and no protections for depositors. In addition, they lured customers into depositing their cryptos there by promising to pay huge interest rates of up to 20% a year, which is, of course, totally nuts. Now, the two concepts of leverage and interconnectedness are tearing up the cryptos, crypto exchanges, DeFi outfits, crypto stocks, and crypto hedge funds. The leverage is mostly hidden and tangled up with other crypto firms and parts of it uh, uh, surface only when something blows up and the interconnectedness causes the blowups to cascade through the crypto space. So now this is an entirely different game of margin calls, forced selling, bankruptcies and liquidations, and preparations for potential future bankruptcies, and total annihilation of some cryptos, including TerraUSD and Luna, and leaving customers with deposits at crypto exchanges and uh, crypto lending platforms twisting in the wind. There is no regulation and no deposit insurance and these customers are just unsecured creditors when these highly leveraged platforms collapse and the loans that were over collateralized when Bitcoin was at $65,000 triggered margin calls as Bitcoin plunged to uh, $19,000 and the lenders can seize the collateral namely the crypto but uh, since the lenders also traded in their own accounts with their customers deposits they too got wiped out when crypto plunged and it's just the beginning. DeFi platforms are like banks, but they uh, take deposits and make loans all in crypto. They're highly leveraged. They're they're using their customers deposits to trade cryptos in their own accounts and they're they're and they lured uh, customer deposits with a promise of huge interest rates and customers borrowed against their cryptos using their crypto deposits as collateral to gamble with more cryptos and everything was leveraged to the Hilton interconnected and the whole thing collapsed. When crypto prices began to collapse, it has now been three weeks exactly, on June 12th, that uh, one of the largest crypto lenders, Celsius Network, which had managed about $12 billion in cryptos as of May, told users that it is halting all withdrawal swaps and transfers between accounts. It blamed extreme market conditions. It said it needed to stabilize liquidity and operations. Customers have not gotten their cryptos out. No one knows what's going on except that it isn't good and that Celsius has hired restructuring and bankruptcy lawyers in preparation for a possible bankruptcy filing. If Celsius files for bankruptcy, its customers with crypto deposits are unsecured creditors and they might not be able to recover their cryptos and unlike many bank customers in the despised and hated fiat banking system, there is no government deposit insurance. People are just on their own. Celsius lured customers with annual percentage yields of over 18% on their crypto deposits. That this was either a scam or a super high-risk gamble uh, should have been clear to everyone. The only time a company is paying 18% interest on debt is if it's near default. That's a very high-risk debt, and bond buyers know this, but apparently not the customers at Celsius. At least three other crypto platforms have now blocked customers from withdrawing their crypto deposits or collateral or have uh, limited their amounts. Babel Finance, CoinFlex, and Finblocks. We're not talking hated, maligned fiat dollars here, but cryptos. They're borrowing cryptos from each other, and they're lending cryptos to each other, and they're posting collateral in, in cryptos with each other, and they're paying interest in cryptos, and they're trading cryptos in between each other, and, and they're trying to bail each other out in cryptos. And uh, they have to pay each other back those cryptos and these cryptos have plunged in value and are gone because the leverage uh, that blew up and because of the interconnectedness that is spreading those blow ups around the system leverage and interconnectedness, which were just in the infancy in 2018 when cryptos blew up last time are now the dominating factors. Back then, it was just folks selling the cryptos. Now stuff is blowing up because of leverage. That's a much more insidious process. Leverage in the crypto world uh, takes on other forms as well as exemplified by MicroStrategy. That's a, a, a dot-com darling that, uh, whose shares spiked uh, ridiculously during the dot-com boom and early into 2000 and then totally collapsed to, to keep the share price above the delisting limit. In 2002, the, the company did a 1 to 10 reverse stock split then it scraped by as an an enterprise software maker until 2020 when it announced with huge hype and hoopla that it would begin buying Bitcoin as one of its key business strategies and that it would fund those purchases with leverage. Part of this leverage would come from issuing unsecured convertible bonds which the Bitcoin crazed crowd ate up at the time. Even if Bitcoin goes to zero, the holders of those unsecured bonds have no rights and cannot do anything as long as the company doesn't default on the interest and principal payments. So this is stable funding, and and the concept of margin call doesn't apply here. But then uh, to buy more crypto when the mood was souring just a tad, it issued bonds that were secured by Bitcoin and other corporate assets. Then in March, the company obtained a $205 million term loan that was collateralized by close to 20,000 Bitcoins. The loan agreement required a minimum loan-to-value ratio of 50%. If Bitcoin drops below $21,000, the minimum loan-to-value ratio would be violated on this $205 million term loan. According to a filing with the SEC on Wednesday, MicroStrategy now holds about 129,700 Bitcoin that it bought for uh, an average price of around uh, $30,700 for a total purchase price of nearly $4 billion. At the current price of Bitcoin of about $19,000, MicroStrategy's gamble has lost the company $1.4 billion from the acquisition cost. All of it borrowed money. Upon MicroStrategy's Bitcoin purchase announcement in in the summer of 2020, its uh, share spiked from about $110 to over $1,300 by February 2021, multiplying by over 10 in just eight months. That's how brain-dead crazy the whole market had gotten at which point the shares began to collapse. They're now back at $164, down by 87% from the ridiculous peak in February 2021. This enormous amount of speculation, risk-taking with gambling tokens and scamming was uh, one of the more sordid parts of the everything bubble. It's a hugely profitable trade. If you write it up and then sell this stuff to the greater fool and and rake in the hated and soon-to-be-worthless fiat dollars. But unfortunately, lots of people that were gullible enough to go for this lost lots of money and will lose lots of money. But uh, that's how bubbles work. That's how it is if you participate in that kind of craziness and don't get out before it vanishes. And two-thirds of it has already vanished. I'm Wolf Richter at WallStreet.com, where we tell the stories behind business, finance, and money. Thank you for listening to the Wall Street Report.